Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome to Perspectives with Catherine Toon. I'm going to be talking about, oh my goodness, something so beautiful. And I hope it it inspires you. Uh, it gives you joy and it, it like kind of pulls you out, helps you transcend above the daily, the hard, the painful. And we're going to talk about finding wonder. And this is such a childlike state of being. And, you know, this is why we go to the Grand Canyon, right? Or as, as Americans, or we go to the Alps or, you know, wherever you go, this is why we travel you know, we're, we're looking to be inspired. We're needing something uh, greater than ourselves, right? This is why uh, so many people like to go off in nature to be inspired. This is where people feel connected with God. You know, my, my relatives are not, you know, believers. A lot of my relatives are not believers, but man, they love nature and they hike and they, whatever. And this is where they find their peace. This is where they find um, kind of God, but they're very kind of anti um, Christian God or our what they think our version of Christian God is, um, or what has been kind of shoved down there the like vehemently. And in some ways, they've um, kind of idolized nature as God, and um, and are tracking with kind of Native American stuff, which. And, and new age stuff or whatever, or just humanistic stuff. And I, I, I get that. I, I understand it because we're all wired for wonder. We're all wired for the eternal and, and, and we're needing it. Uh, Solomon in Ecclesiastes 3.11 kind of t- alluded to this, right? And I'm reading this in the NIV. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. There's a a, a kind of elaboration at the bottom. It says he has placed eternity, sorry, placed ignorance on the human heart. I, I don't believe that. I don't think God, I think that is a miss, a human projection onto God. I don't think he, he, he has made us ignorant. Um, I think we're just are like with no help from God at all, <laughs> you know, and John one, it talks about that. He came to his own, but his own were not able to, um, to receive him, right. His own were not able to see him. It's talking about human blindness. And I, I think our blindness makes us is our inability as our limitation to really track with what God is doing. And that blindness presents itself in the church. And that blindness presents itself outside of what we call the church. It's just a human thing. Okay. And this is universal. We are universally blind to some extent and, and, but we're all hopefully growing. And I think it's arrogance to think that, only the Christian church, especially evangelical way of viewing things, has the lock on truth. And I and I will say this, I Christ is the truth. So, you know, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, you know, so that's pretty like dang poof, there it is. Um, so 
I, I love the way that Paul Young talks about it. Um, I, and, and God had revealed this to him when he was writing his the shock the book, and uh, and I guess Mac in the book had had asked the Lord, um, you know, had asked Jesus, um, uh, you know, do all paths lead to you? And this is the most brilliant inspired response to that. Most paths don't lead anywhere, but I'm with everyone on the that path on their path. And, you know, this is God with us, Emmanuel, right? God with us. God, um, as intrinsic part of his creation, not separating from his creation. No, the lie is that we're separate. This is where our blindness is, that in some way, shape, or form, we think we're separate. And there's all like a myriad of endless outpocketings of stupid that come out from that. Um, and it's in it's it's in the Christian camp it's in the pick a camp any camp right and and but this but and then so there's that kind of stupid we're separate um and then there's kind of um you know it's and and in that we talk about like we're separate so we're just less and uh bad and worthless okay so there's that disastrous delusion and then there's the other camp of um basically we are god and I always have pushback because I'm like, no, we're not. We're hair breath. We are little G gods, but he's a big G God. And we're completely dependent on him. In him, we live and move and have our being where we operate as if we're outside of him. We are either in despair or we think we're puffed up as God. Um, and I mean that we are God <clears throat> and we are divine, but we're not God. And that's why I kind of have pushback because I'm like all about love. And when people say I am love, I'm like, no, you resonate with him. Your essence is as him, as love, but you're not him. And I take love very much not as um, an emotion or a way of being, which they are that, but really as a person. And it's it's an important distinction. It may sound like I'm splitting hairs, um, but it's an important distinction because as we remain in him and him and us, we, we bear much fruit apart from him. We can do nothing. So when we act as if we're apart from him, even either a worm and worthless or apart from him, like we are our own source, we are God, we are divinity. No, we are divine, but we are not divinity. And, and I don't believe that humanity is the sum of God's parts. Um, you know, so we're, we're just as kids and as his kids we're divine, of course we are, um, but we're not him and we will eternally be dependent on him. Um, and so because of that dependency, um, it's a really awesome thing that God never split off from his creation. So, which means God is in all things. And that's what Paul said. So this whole in and out club say the magic words and you're in the club now, and now you're saved and uh, saved from eternal conscious torment. I don't mean to be too flippant, but it's just bogus because that would assume that God ever separated from his kids and we're all his kids. Okay. But we have to recognize that our life comes from him. And so there's a, there's the humility of saying we are divine and we are little G gods and we're all that in a bag of chips for everything you say you are, but we are completely dependent. And there's that human. And it's it's that paradox and that tension that keeps us healthy and growing. 
Um, so, um, and, and there's the wonder. I mean, I'm talking about wonder today, um, but there's the wonder of a creation that's chock full of God. Everywhere you see is God. Now, it's not him. It's his creation, but he inhabits his creation. Every single person God inhabits. I, I, I know we're, you know, this, this triggers a lot of people because it kind of thinks, well, then what's salvation? But well, it's basically growing in the knowledge of him that he was there all the time. When did he split off? When did he say, oh, ew, your sin is too bad. I, I, it's kryptonite to me. I can't handle it. Well, that's bogus. That's why he came. That's why we need a savior. And so if Jesus camps out with sinners, um, he camps out with all of us because we all have these fallen ways of being, fallen ways of doing. We all do destructive, stupid things. We're all blind. Even if we're saved, quote unquote, we are in the process of working out salvation. So all of that. So, um, so to look at my Buddhist brother or sister as somehow not having God in them, well, it's like if they didn't, they wouldn't be alive right? <laughs> it wouldn't be breathing. And a lot of times because they do have God in them, it is incredible the revelation that they carry, although they don't say the name of Jesus Christ or whatever. And that's true of every single person. We all have a knowledge of God to some extent. This is why uh, Paul says in Romans 1, we're without excuse, right? Because God is everywhere, right? So in our blindness, you know, we distort God. And and I, I do think Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I don't think all uh, paths lead. I, I think God is on every path. <laughs> I'm here. Yay. I'm crying. I'm wild about you. I'm in. Yes. Get, listen, look, look inside. I'm in here. And as we awaken, we have a salvation experience, what we talk about in the evangelical Christian world. Um, and that there's wonder in that. And my whole point is God is everywhere. So there's wonder everywhere. There's mystery everywhere. And it takes a childlike heart to connect with wonder. Because you know what? Their intrinsic in it is, is a sense of innocence, is a sense of innocence. And, and, you know, as we see each other rightly, we'll see the wonder of who every single human being is. So this, um, he has made everything beautiful. And it's time when we see beauty, we, we connect with wonder. This is why we like to, we like beautiful things. We like to see people kind of accentuate their natural beauty. We like to see people authentic with who they are with their natural beauty and maybe just accentuate. I mean, you know, if, if we were just supposed to be completely authentic, well, let's just run around naked and never take a bath. I mean, no, we don't want that. So, I mean, I think sometimes we can go in a ditch with that. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't want to see anybody naked without a bath. So just, you know, <laughs> sorry. Okay, just we'll keep going. And so let's go to, uh, let me get back to this Ecclesiastes, because I looked it up in a couple versions, because we get different yummy revelation with it. Um, he has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity. And I love this, a sense of divine purpose. There's meaning to your life. Purpose gives us meaning. And love and being loved is actually our, I would say, our divine purpose. And everything is an expression of that. And when you connect with love, you connect with eternity, you connect with purpose, and it's going to walk itself in five gazillion ways. But that's what creates uh, 
purpose and meaning. Otherwise, everything is meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. It's interesting. This is in the chapter uh, in the book of meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. This is when we connect with God, with, 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 you know, man under the sun, well, under the sun, like as if we're apart from God, it is meaningless. Uh, but we're not apart from God. We're under the SON sun. And there is vast meaning and there's vast beauty and there's vast purpose. Uh, I'm going to back up and I, I, I was elaborating so much. I kind of, uh, let's go back to the scripture. He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in his time. He has also planted eternity, a divine sense of purpose in the human heart. Okay. Wow. Wait, Solomon, you've got that puppy. It's in the human heart. Every single human being at some level and we disconnect with this when we get hurt, when we get depressed, uh, when we get oppressed, for whatever reason, sometimes when tragedy happens and we're just in disillusionment. Okay, so we disconnect from that with that, but it's every single human being, whether you are Christian or, you know, worship a tree stump. Okay, he's also planted eternity, a divine sense of purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing, which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Um, I love that because it kind of brings us back, like nothing can satisfy that against God. So if say you are disillusioned with American Christianity or Western Christianity, evangelical Christianity, Christianity in general, whatever. And, you know, you're on this path and you're like, you know, looking at all these, uh, maybe worshiping people as gods and goddesses or worshiping uh, nature as gods and goddesses, you know, as God or whatever. You're just worshiping, worshiping the creation as if we're God, uh, you know, or a tree stump or a, a blade of grass or, you know, whatever. We're also, we get some weird stuff, right? And I love the fact, this is so beautiful, that God is on that journey with you. I'm here you know what? There's revelation about me and that, and that, and that blade of grass you're worshiping. I just want you to know that in me, that, that blade of grass lives and moves and has its being just as every single human being that I've ever made. So there is, there is truth in that, but it's not, it's, it's a truth that points to Christ. Um, and that's the value of it. That's the value of this, the, the, you know, the, the heavens declare the glory of God. Well, the heavens are created, right? It declares the glory of God, right? I'm here. I'm here. I love you. I love you. You're amazing. You're just like me. I created you in purpose and meaning, and we're all one together in one. And the oneness that we have is not kind of this mystical, mystical, amorphous, nebulous, a Christ consciousness, floaty, you know, blob. And then we all get sucked up into the collective. And so we're just all one. No, we're, we're one, of course, but we're, uh, of course, because we're in Christ. Of course, we're one. We're one. He prayed that we would be one as he and the father are one, him and us and us and him, right? And so, um, and so there's that oneness, but it's not amorphous. We're not amorphous. We're not a cosmic blob and God's not a cosmic blob and you're not God and, and I'm not God, but we're as God. We're, we're in as a hairbreadth, but we are the creation. And so it's good just to be rooted in that truth. It, it helps us because as the creation, we're dependent on the one who loved us that gave himself up for us. So we're not trying to operate apart from that and end up in some, uh, you know, crisis because we're open to all sorts of stupid 
and oppression because it does become meaningless if we're our, our own gods, right? But we're also, uh, we need to recognize that we're not worms, right? So it's, it's this balance and this tension that's beautiful. And God is in that journey with us, whatever road we're walking, we're all over the map. Um, He's on that journey with us and it's wondrous and it's beautiful and he's in it. And he's like, it's me, honey. It's you and me. It's always been you. It's you and me, my father, Holy spirit, we're one and you're in us. And let me show you, let me reveal. Oh, look at that blade of grass. Yeah. That points to me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The word of God. Yes. Oh my God. Scripture, the Holy Bible. Yeah. That points to me. And you know, there's a whole lot of stuff in that Quran and that, that actually points to me too. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Nobody freak out. And, but you know, but it's, it's imperfect. Um, but I'm the only thing that's perfect and you're in me and created in my image and light. And I'm perfecting you. I'm walking you out in the, my image and likeness. And we're on this journey together and I'm in every single human being. I'm here. Yeah. Talk to me. I'm here. <laughs> ask me, am I in here? Buddhist ask Christ ask us. Buddhist ask Jesus. Are you in there? Yeah. I'm in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever, pick up, pick a card, any card, because it's, he's, he's so big. He's so huge. And he's one with his creation. And it's a wondrous mystery. So I will never encounter a person that Christ is not in. And I'm sorry if that messes with your theology, but probably it's worth shaking up. It's worth shaking up. And now it's important um, that, you know, salvation is a thing. It is. I just don't think it was what we thought it was. I don't think it's like saving our butts from a, a, a God of punishment, eternal conscious hell, because you didn't like um, choose the Jesus card. Well, what if you're born in Muslim, the Muslim world, and you're actually tracking with God, who is Christ in a way, obviously in a blinded veiled way, because I think we all track with him in a blinded veiled way. The word says that John one, and then, but that's just your culture. Well, are you just like screwed? Well, I don't know. Do you, so that automatically lends you into eternal conscious torment that I've forgiven you, but not really because you didn't jump through the hoop. That makes us our own savior because it's our work that saved us. No, it's Christ's work in us. And we just agree with that. So our salvation experience, I would say, is more awakening to the fact that Christ is in there and he's done that finished work and he's drawing all things to himself. And it starts with him and ends with him. The middle is him. And there's just a lot in between that we're growing in the knowledge of him. So um, I probably shook a lot of people up there. So whatever that I, I hope I shook you up in a good way to grapple with it. That's my goal is for you to grapple with it. You, you know, listen, I trust Holy Spirit in you. Uh, regardless of where you come from to eventually help you grapple and grow in the truth. I trust him in me uh, to grapple and grow in the truth. And I'm just relaxed enough having really grappled with this for a very long time um, that I've landed on a measure of truth that enough so that I can teach it in good conscience. Okay. Um, Because ultimately it's all about Christ. It really is. It really is. I just think we've limited it. We've limited it in such a, an ugly way in evangelical Christianity. And I love my evangelical brothers and sisters. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful. Um, but there are some of them abuses with it and, and it's pushed people away from Christ rather than drawing to Christ. When I tell you you're separate, um, you're separate, you're out, you're not in the club. That's an ugly God. Um, and, um, and some people, honestly, uh, it's been so abusive 
Christianity, the way it's been walked out in, inst- in our institutions and, and just not even just in our institutions. I, I, I get tired of like the beat up of the church. Um, just honestly, as individuals where we've act like jerks, we've not looked like love. We've been hypocrites. We've hurt people. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay. This is on us as individuals as well as corporate. And I, I get tired. I really do get tired of the beating up of the institution church because it's actually done a lot of good. And actually you probably wouldn't be where you are at, even in your rebellion against it and your distaste of it, if you hadn't had that. So there is baby in there. Um, and ultimately it's us as human beings where we're held accountable, where we're not acting in beautiful ways. We're not acting in lovely ways and we're not showing the wondrous nature of who we are in the image and likeness of God and his and, and, and Jesus, uh, Papa Jesus and Holy Spirit, their wondrous relationship that has mystery and wonder and cre- exploded in a race of children who look like him in their flavor and um, and and set a creation with wondrous things to explore all of that. OK, where we haven't tracked with that, um, we've harmed people, but it's it's that's to a person like. You know, so if you think uh, the booze has got it all together, well, when they reach perfection, um, let me know. You know, when you think the new, well, when they reach perfect, it's like, it's really easy. I, and I think the church has just been an easy target. And I, I'm all about like questioning foundational things. But ultimately, I'm looking to Jesus. I'm not looking toward a rock. Now, I can look towards the rock and be in wonder of it because it's pointing to Jesus, right? And I can look towards people and oh my God, it's the closest thing to God in the flesh we're going to see, but that's Christ in them. Okay. And they still have a quote unquote flesh, not a nature. Let's not get confused. Our nature is as Christ. Okay. But you know, they still have a fallen mindsets, ways of being, and I'm not going to worship you, but I'm, I can adore you and I can see Christ in you. Um, and that's every human being. It's because God did such an amazing job. There's such a wonder in every person, wonder in every blade of grass, wonder in the sunrise in the morning, wonder in um, good food, wonder in the ability to take a deep breath. There's wonder in it all because God inhabits it. He's a God of wonder. Let's go to, uh, I, I like this one. This is a fun one. The God's word translation. Um, This is fun for Ecclesiastes 3.11. I have seen mortals weighed down with a burden that God has placed on them. Okay, so that's a fallen perspective. Do you think God has placed a burden on you? Okay, he's the burden lifter. So once again, this would be a place where there's error in the Bible. Nobody put down your stone, put it down, put it down. Um, There's error in the Bible because that's not an accurate reflection of God. If you do a flat little, has God placed a burden on you? Well, if you're relating to that God, I don't want that God either. He's the burden lifter. (laughs) Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm me come lowly. I will give you rest for your soul. I'm the burden lifter. Okay. Warped perspective. So the value of that scripture in the air of what it's saying is the fact that, oh, crap, the Bible is reading me. I'm seeing God as the burden giver. Okay. FYI. Okay. Thought that would be helpful. Okay. Let's go on to verse 11. It is beautiful how God has done everything at the right time. 
God is such a beautiful timing. Oh my God. He's so masterful. He's so amazing. Oh my God. I love you. Yeah. Woohoo. He has put a sense of eternity in people's minds, yet mortals still can't grasp what God is doing from the beginning to the end of time. We're, we're struggling to grasp. We're all, we're all over the map. But just so you just just to help you just to relax, number one, with the fact that the Bible has errors, it's inspired. Absolutely. I think it's the most inspired piece of literature that has ever been created. I love the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. So I, 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 it's a, I, but the Bible is not God. That's the point. And it does have errors. If we're honest and we get into trouble when we make it fit because it can't have errors. No, the beauty of it is that it points to God. And where it's doing a crappy job, that's an error of pointing to God. It's reflecting our warped sensibilities, understanding, and that's its value there. Does I have seen mortals weighed down with a burden that God has placed on them? Does that look like Jesus? No, no, that's the word made flesh. So God didn't change, okay? So he doesn't place burdens on people. That's man's fallen perspective. That's an error, so to speak, in the Bible. I'm just trying to help you get comfortable with how you engage with the word of God, with scripture, okay? And how you engage with scripture is important because that can really depress the crap out of you. If you've got to take that in a flat way that says God places burdens on us, is that wondrous? Is that beautiful? Is that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control? Is that take my yoke upon you and learn of me? What do we learn? Oh yeah, I'm meek, humble, lowly. What? I'm here to serve you, not to be served. So I don't place burdens on you, except maybe in your heart for compassion. That's a different thing, but just weigh you down. No, he's a burden lifter. Okay, so nobody freak out. Everybody relax. Christ is in you. That's why we can relax. That's why we don't need to spin out. That's why we don't need to have a, a freak out moment because maybe we're so counting on the Bible to get it right because if the Bible doesn't have it perfect, that means I can't trust the Bible. No, you just need to change how you engage with the Bible, right? And you need to do it with the one who is perfect, who's actually in you. So it's not the words on a page. It's God who is inerrant, but you know what? He's leading us and guiding us in the truth. And he's pretty relaxed at his job because he's so masterful, even though he's passionate about his kids, he's not okay with the agony we feel as human beings, but he's masterful and working it out in and of himself. Okay. Just wanted to bring that nuance down before we start spinning out. Let's go to Ecclesiastics this is, uh, 311, the new life version. This is fun. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has put thoughts of forever. I love that in man's mind. Yet man cannot understand the work God has done from the beginning to the end. That's true. God really is mysterious and he's knowable. And it's this paradox and tension. And this is part of the wonder. Like if we knew God completely according into our little linear little boxes, um, we would lose all our wonder. That's why the Eastern church, I, I so appreciate it with all its errors. I get it. And the Western church is, is we got errors. I mean, we're just, 
humanity, we have errors. It's just a thing. So just nobody freak out. Let's continue to grow in the knowledge of him and let us lead us and guide us into all truth. Let's grapple with scripture and enjoy it. It's meant to point to him and all of it. It'll be good. Uh, the, the wonder comes from the mysterious, the mysteries of God. When I look at the cosmos, the stars, it's wondrous because it's huge and I can't contain it. And I don't want to contain it. I could be like a little child, like, <laughs> right. And I look at the, uh, the beauty of the, the human being in front of me. I'm going, it's even greater than the cosmos because it's the image and likeness of God. Isn't that beautiful? And and it's true and it's powerful. Just a couple quotes here. Um, Paul Young said, uh, W. Paul Young, the shack, everything in the physical universe is inviting a question uh, to go to the truth. And I heard Baxter Kruger said this and he was quoting someone. I wasn't sure he was quoting. So I don't know who to give credit for it. It's not me though. It's just, I'm appreciating it and I'm sharing it. The recognition of the sacred presence in every person, place, and thing is the beginning of wisdom. Ah, isn't that good? (laughs) The sacred presence of Christ in you in every person, place, and thing. No, I, I don't believe a blade of grass is on the same level as a human being, but Christ is there and he's pointing to Christ. And it's, oh my God, creation is shouting. The rocks are shouting out, right? Isn't that what Jesus said? Ah, Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> okay. It's the beginning of wisdom. Uh, George McDonald, I do know who said this. The truth of every man I say is the perfected Christ in him, right? That's the truth of every man. Why? But we're, we're, we're as him in this world. We're not him. So let's not go in that ditch. But Christ is in every man. And we're as him. You look just like him in your flavor. He's your, Christ is your elder brother, a race of of, of kids that look just like him or sons and daughters of Papa. We're one with Holy Spirit and he's working it out in us. It's a wonder. It's wondrous. Enjoy the wonder. Allow, relax. Enjoy the wonder of creation. Enjoy the wonder of who you are. Enjoy the wonder of the one in front of you. Enjoy the wonder of a good meal. Enjoy the wonder of the fact I can take a breath. Enjoy the wonder. It's all over when we have eyes to see and let God give you eyes to see. Anyway, I hope that blesses you. Um, Let me hear from you. I want to hear. This has been a fun one. Ah, Sorry. (laughs) Have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.